TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. Deference to, uh, you see that new King sweatshirt? That's yeah, it's pretty badass. Pretty dope. Um, we are the Outsiders Edge. Uh, you are listening to your boy Rance, aka Ray Cash. First and foremost, let me introduce uh, my co-host, Mr. Kyle Morris. How you doing, sir? Oh man, I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, fuck that other Kyle though. He can. Uh, he can uh, get these hands. I don't know who the other Kyle is, but yeah, fuck that other Kyle. I do. I know who you're talking about. Oh, well, <laughs> I would thank you for giving it up. I was going to surprise you. <laughs> Sorry. But first, let me, let me introduce our guest first. We got friend of the show, Cherry Shot Extraordinaire. I got my boy Rob Burnett with me. What's up, sir? Hey, what's happening, fellas? Good to be back. So you heard some some voice in the background. If you guys listen long enough, if you are long-time listeners of The Edge, you know that this used to be a three-man show. I, I still plug his Twitter almost every week. Every week, yes. Almost every I just week, stopped, I still I, plug his Twitter. I just took your Twitter out the signature of uh, of when I, when I do the uh, synopsis of the show. I just took it off like a month ago. <laughs> but right when, just like, just like an ex-girlfriend, right when you're done with her, she calls you back up. Man, no, 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 man. It ain't yes. like an ex-girlfriend. It's like an ex-wrestler who says he's retired oh. and he ain't gonna wrestle no more. But then every year come out to Woodwork for one more match. Well, ladies and y'all and eat it up, and y'all eat it up too. Every one of them. You're right. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me let me introduce to you the, the Undertaker of the Outsiders Edge. Carl back, y'all. What's up, man? Uh, that's hey, I'll take being the Undertaker outside of the uh, personal values that he possesses. But yeah, I, it's good to be back. Good to hear my friends again. Happy well, to be better here. To be the, better to be the Undertaker of the show than Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> I would never go that low. Never. I was gonna say McFoley. I'm not going no Tommy Dreamer. God no. Um. So we got a packed house. We're gonna try to keep it somewhat understandable here, but. This is kind of the perfect show for a lot of different opinions because we're coming off a major pay-per-view weekend. Um, TakeOver, NXT TakeOver 30, SummerSlam happened, major happenings on both shows. And of course, if you want to go a little extra, the first Raw and SmackDown in the Thunderdome. A lot of shit happened. A lot of shit happened. So first and foremost, I'm going to throw it out to you guys, and you guys kind of tell me what was, like, the main thing you paid attention to this weekend. I'm going to start with Rob first. 
What's the main thing that kind of caught your eye this weekend? Any show of your choice? Well, all right. So that's a better the SummerSlam ended up being the better show of the weekend. Um, that's rare. Normally, when they when they're on both when they're back to back nights, normally WWE don't win that night. Well, no, well, well, they usually win with me because I'm not here for the 40 minute, you know, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, you know, kick out fest that usually happens. Okay, I'm not here for those. All right, shoot him to the head to put him down. I got you. So, you know, the main roster usually wins with me. All right. Now, as far as the most, if I were to pick some stuff that stood out for me, Pat McAfee, number one, Absolutely. Dominic, you know, Kyle's boy Dominic would be number two. Oh, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle has a rousing, Dominic. he has a rousing and, uh, synopsis, a soliloquy on, on Dominic coming, I'm sure. And then, uh, okay, three would be Seth Rollins for me. Um, and if I were to pick two more to make it a top five, um, Damian Priest and McIntyre and Norton. Yeah, those are the things that, that, that jumped out for me this week, this weekend. Those, those five things more than anything else. Kyle? All right, so my highlights of the weekend, I'm going to give a lot of flowers to Pat McAfee and Adam Cole. Um Pat McAfee really impressed me. I mean, I knew he would be able to be athletic in the ring because he's an all-pro athlete, and he's been training at this for a while. So, like, I knew he'd be able to perform some stuff, but he went out there and did some pretty high degree of difficulty stuff, and he executed it very, very well. Um, I still can't get over the fact that he took the Panama City plunge and, like, made it look good. Bro, that right. and the superplex. The superplex was pictured. It was Randy Orton-esque. Oh, yeah. Like, that leaping, it just was beautiful. Yeah. Everything about it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, so that was probably my number one, like, wow. My expectations weren't super high because it's a celebrity match, and I never set my expectations too high. Understandable. In a celebrity match. But, like, y'all went out there and had a a good pay-per-view match period end of story um so that was my number one my number two this is it wasn't the best moment in terms of like quality match but it was just like catharsis for me and made me feel good my number two takeaway from the weekend was watching cody rhodes and the nightmare collective get their shit fucking rocked (laughs) by the dark order i am here for the Rhodes family getting their asses kicked by Brody Lee and company. Scientology is real, y'all. They the fucking Scientologists beat the shit out of the fucking. Oh Southern yeah, guys. they did. Fucking like shit. Choked Brandy the fuck out. That was dope. That I I, I like uh, that that little part was dope. That, and it, Brody was like, "Come on, you you earned your stripes. Choke 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 the motherfucker out. I like choke, that. Choke the bitch out. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. All right. That's enough. That's enough. Let's go." <laughs> Uh, no, so that was my number two, just for the, like, catharsis of watching them get their asses kicked. Long time uh, For real. Shit. Um, my number three takeaway from the weekend, and again, you know, you and I, Rance, talk all the time on the show now about, like, give people flowers, like, while they're still around and, like, yes. show that appreciation. 
Renee, Renee Young, I love you. I will love you forever. I will support you in whatever your next step is. I don't care what company you work for. I don't care what kind of endeavor it is. Thank you for giving me eight years of quality television entertainment and just being an all-around awesome person. Um, fully agreed. Fully agreed. Renee, it's very rare when the company gives somebody their flowers when they're leaving before they left. That lets you know how much they cared about them. And like Renee got, not only did Renee get her flowers on the pre-show, but they brought her back on the bump just to let all the other wrestlers call in and tell her bye. Yeah, so Renee was yeah. missed. Yes, so that was my number three. And then, you know, SummerSlam was a pleasant surprise for me. You know, I admitted that I was not super hyped about it going in, so it was a pleasant surprise for me. Um, you know, fuck Dominic, but, like, props <laughs> to him for his first match. Like, good for you, buddy. Um, the thing is, I was destined to not care for the match, even if Dominic had been great, because I am on record saying that Seth Rollins' in-ring style does not appeal to me. Right. And that's always been the thing for me with Seth. I like Seth as a character. I love Seth as a, as a character worker and as a, a promo guy. I'm here for it. He draws me in. I don't enjoy his matches at all. They're, they're just too methodical. And, and that's not to say that they're bad. They're just not my style. I don't enjoy it. Sure. It's, it's, Hunter, it's Hunter-esque. Yes. It's very much Hunter-esque. It's the exact same type of deal where it's just like, Look, dude, you're good at what you do. I just don't care for the way that you do it. It doesn't appeal to me. So, like, whatever. Um, but props to Dominic for his first match. Like, for a first match to be at SummerSlam in that kind of a situation. Like, I know it wasn't his first match ever, but it was his first, like, match with the company. So, like, good for you, dude. Um, but, I mean, of course... My favorite thing about SummerSlam and my favorite thing about WWE continues to be Bailey to, uh, Bailey Dose Straps and the oh. former Two Belt Banks. There's only, there's only one of them got two now. Um, great point. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute because that's, I think, a big takeaway from the weekend. Um, and also one thing I want to point out that's interesting, especially considering the last show we had last week is it's really interesting how much fans enjoy shit when their expectations are low. Oh, absolutely. But like, that's something that we've, we've touched on a little bit before, but without ever like going into a lot of detail about it. But like, yeah, y'all, when you don't expect the greatest, mm -hmm. you tend to be pleasantly surprised. Um, my best example for that was the Suicide Squad movie. It wasn't a great movie. It wasn't. But I went into that movie expecting it to be trash. Okay. Fair and enough. so much because better. I expected it to be trash, <clears throat> I was like, oh, this is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It's still not great, but it's a whole lot better than I thought it was going to be. The, better the... example, though, would be Shazam. Shazam ended up being a lot of fun. But I, again, went into that thinking, this is going to suck. I think a lot of people had higher expectations for Shazam because Shazam was the funny movie DC was doing. Um, and well, I, look, I'm my expectations you. for that was the dude that was the... That the movie. Yes. I'd seen him in other things and I was just like, <clears throat> I don't know about this one, Chief. But I'm, I'm going to get to you, Carl. I just, one no, you're one thing that made me, that just made me laugh. Um, someone pointed out that um, the difference between men and women is a man... Uh, was the director for for Suicide Squad, 
and the whole movie is about how sexy uh, Harley Quinn is. But a woman, a woman directed uh, Birds of Prey, and Harley's just like riding around and fucking uh, in a uh, roller skates and shit with their friends. <laughs> it's kind of you. It really does make you think how shit's framed in our minds. But nonetheless, Carl, takeaways from the weekend, sir. Uh, well, I guess if we're keeping with that five theme there, the, I mean, the number one is Roman Reigns, right? I mean, like, oh, I forgot come about on. The big dog, the don't, big don't dog ever parse your lips to say that <laughs> statement again, sir. I yeah, forgot I, about the big dog. I forgot you almost got fired. You almost got fired on air. <laughs> Go ahead, Carl. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like I said, Roman is back. He came in and did pretty much what it seems like the majority of people want him to do, which is just come in, destroy people, talk a little shit and leave. And I mean, the shirt says exactly that. So you're kind of hoping that that's the wreck. Everyone and leave is a badass fucking slogan. It is. It's awesome. And that, that's, that's kind of like the, uh, you know, if that's the direction they're going to go like for real, for real, then I mean, I think we're probably in for some good, some good television out of that. Um, such good shit. Yeah, such good, good shit, shit pal. And uh, outside of that, I mean, if you want to kind of run down the other, I mean, I, w- I was going to say Dominic because I've never seen him wrestle before. I don't know, maybe you guys have. He's I expect to see. Before. That's his first match. Okay. Well, I meant like out. Like I don't know if he's done anything. No, that's like his first match ever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, with that said, then I'm just—I'm not going to just just do Dominic, but just that match in general because of two reasons. One, it's Dominic's first match. I was expecting him to be—I mean—pretty good, but not to that level. And but yeah. the other thing I think was really important about that is Seth Rollins is a masterclass in storytelling. I'm sorry, like I know it's not maybe not so much Kyle. You didn't really care for his match style, but I thought the story that he told in the ring was fantastic. Starting with the entrance coming out in the '97 yeah. Halloween Havoc gear, oh, yeah. that was great. Yeah, I mean, so everything that he did was perfect. I thought it was the best match of the weekend. Um, so Dominic, um, outside, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff. Pat McAfee. I mean, come on, like, I, I once again, like Kyle said, he's a professional athlete, a world class athlete. I mean, he played in the NFL. I don't give a shit if he was a punter or not. Like the dude is an athlete and I was expecting him to be decent, much better than other celebrities. Like, I don't know, Snooki. Right. But you know, he definitely came out and was, he exceeded what I thought he was going to be. No celebrity can be worse than Zeus. Oh, (laughs) don't you say that Zeus main evaded (laughs) pay-per-views. What's that got to do with being good? Zeus. Got his ass beat by Craig, so yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, like, we all saw what happened to Tiny. You're right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Pat McAfee, man, I, he really surprised me. I surprised a lot of people, clearly. Um, but I, was, I mean, the other, the other two, I guess, if I was going to round them out, I wasn't surprised necessarily. But this is just a takeaway that I think Randy Orton continues to be, in my opinion, right now. Right now, not forever, the best wrestler on the planet. Uh, him and Drew McIntyre had a great match, and it ended in a way you weren't really thinking it would. It still protected everyone involved. Um, so I, I think that um, I, I think that is 
it just goes to show you that, you know, a motivated Randy Orton, when he is motivated, is there's very few that are as good as he is. But I do want to mention one thing as kind of like the round out the five that I think that I don't think anybody, I don't think Rob or Kyle spoke about was carrying cross um, because he wins the title this weekend and unfortunately has to relinquish it. Yeah. Um, clearly the rocket was too, was on his back, you know what I mean? And so I think it's, um, I'm disappointed. It's, it's a bummer, you know, but I think, I think when he comes back, I think it'll be in WWE. I don't on the main roster. I don't think he'll be in XC after this. I just don't I see still, it. I still can't figure out where in the match he got hurt. Like I've been, I've been looking at it again. Cause I watched it a second time. Right. And I, I still can't figure out just quite where in the match he got hurt. <clears throat> That that goes to show you how tough the bastard is, because it from what from right. what I hear, it happened fairly early in the match. Oh, okay, wow. And and I, mean, I didn't it, catch it either. So, but again, it's it's the same injury Finn had, and Finn wrestled a, another fifteen minutes. True. So True. you know, like it's it's that's that same injury, and and look, Finn Finn had to wrestle two hundred and twenty five pounds Seth Rollins. Keith Lee, a big boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Saido was, was a former, not an easy move. He was to hit. a former offensive lineman. Yes. Yeah. And every time you're getting planted by Keith Lee on that shoulder in any way, shape, or form, it's painful. Well, he, yeah. he Keith Lee, we got to give him some props for the weekend that he had. But before we give him props for the weekend that he had, and I know it's not his fault, and I know it's not on him, and I know there's a lot going on to it, but they got to fix that theme song quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because it went from fire. Well, that almost made it worse. That almost made it worse because it's like you teased us with that delicious, like with that drip. You teased us with the good drip, and then you brought out generic creator wrestler rock. But Rob had a great point on that. Rob, what was your point about the about that? No, well, basically, because what's going on here is uh. CFO has one of those, you know, janky record contracts where they're getting screwed out of like half their money or something. And that's so what's been going on is they've been they've been trying to get everybody to who has CFO music for their theme to pick something different. And apparently, you know, uh, Keith was, I guess he was originally okay with what that thing they came up with, because I guess because look, he mean, he's supposed to go on Monday. Ain't a whole lot of time, so he probably just said, "Okay, fine, whatever." Well, the thing is for Keith, it, and the thing is for Keith with keeping in Keith's persona, it's not <clears throat> a super quick fix because Keith historically has always wrapped his own theme music. He did it on the Indies. He did it for Bask in His Glory. So it's just like Keith got. We got to give Keith some time to get back into booth. With another like fresh set of beats, and he'll spit you something out. Have you ever heard Keith Lee's uh, indie theme? That hoe is fire. Keith knows what the fuck is up. Like I would listen to that on the like on the radio type fire. Like in he he, he, <laughs> <laughs> he singing it too. Like I, I would listen to a lot of Bask in His Glory before at least the first half. You know before Bask, it starts repeating. Bask in His Glory isn't a great song. 
It's just that his voice and I think the the melodic bask in his glory, like that's what gets it. It's not a great song, so I'm not hurt that it's gone. But uh, yeah. Well, we to his credit, song. though, to his credit, he has responded to some people that have been, you know, kind of bagging on the whole deal. Yes. He's like, look, he's like, look, let me handle that. Don't worry about it. And I, it, it'll be to be fine. Like I'm not, I'm not. I mean, I, everybody's fair to be like, ah, this is awful, you know. But it'll be fine. And I, you know, it goes back to like certain guys just get it and just understand. And Keith Lee is one of those guys. Like, I mean, you can just tell he just gets it. And I mean, it's nothing changing to be too worried theme, about. Changing a theme in and of itself isn't usually a big deal unless it goes from a really, really good one sure. to a really, really shit one. And so, like. Like, for example, eliminating most of the CFOS themes, like, off-rip, you say that to me, and I'm just like, okay, cool, I'm fine with that. Like, the only one that I'm thinking of that I'm just like, oh, I don't know, is like, man, I'm going to feel real hurt when they get rid of Shock the System. Oh, like, yeah. But, like, but that's you- going to hurt real bad. But you got to, no, you got to go further. The Shield was a, CF- was a CFO's theme. Like we're talking back in two thousand, like Charlotte, Sasha, um, Becky, Seamus's Shame, theme was a CFO's theme. Which like one, they got Lobster stuff. Head or which no, one, the Lobster new one, the 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 thing that he does now. Sure, that one. I <laughs> I don't remember that part, but that's the one I'm assuming you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it was a good job. But yes, and but yeah, the undisputed era thing—I don't know. They 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 are apparently offering to to change them. Some straight up said no. Like, yeah. Um, like for example, I can't imagine the new day without that thing. That was right. CFO. Or or we were literally just talking about the big dog. Like he still comes out to the shield music. Like we can say that he's changed it a little bit, but like well, that's basically. It's basically minus the yeah, yeah. at it's the beginning. Yeah, basically but, the exact same thing. That could but, change on Friday. That's the thing. I'm not a proponent of it changing, but would you be shocked if he had a brand new entrance, brand new gear, and brand new music? Listen, listen. As yeah. somebody who has been vocally calling for him to ditch the last vestiges of the shield and to just fully embrace his singlesness. I'm totally here for the last vests. Sorry, I'm throwing a pun in there. It's terrible. No more vests is all I was getting. New, team, new gear, blah blah blah. Especially I get it. Because, I get especially it. Last because, well, you bring the vests up, but especially because during quarantine he went and got fucking jacked. Yeah, no doubt. He does look jacked. Well, well the other thing though, uh, I can see them doing like a starting out with the shield to people that shield music, and then like kind of like a like a riff to like, this isn't my music anymore. You know, like, you know, it's Roman coming. Bad Bailey at the beginning. Yeah. 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 Kind of like that. Yeah. All this, all I'm saying, I'm massively disappointed in all three of y'all because (laughs) very, very, because we gave our takeaways. The fact that none of y'all said Roman Reigns teeth. I'm so hurt. (laughs) Listen, bruh. I'm sorry. I don't look at Roman's teeth like that. Me neither. I'm jealous, to be honest with you. And I'm gay. So, like, (laughs) if I'm not looking at his teeth that closely, what the fuck is y'all looking at? It just trips me out the shit that people notice that they get an uproar about. 
Like you remember when Roman Reigns wore those uh they were either Jordans or Balenciagas or some type of shoes. I remember, the boots yeah, yeah. that had the white trim on the bottom, and people were like, he changed his shoes. Yeah. <laughs> just makes me laugh. Well, the good stuff was Randy what Orton. Makes me laugh about that is I'm just like y'all, Roman is a Samoan who played football. Do you know how fresh his style game is? Like, come on, man. He not only played football, not only did he play football, he went to Georgia Tech, like in Atlanta. He yeah. spent yeah. his formative years as a Samoan football player in Atlanta. That motherfucker got the drip. Yeah. Okay. Let me get this train back on track. <laughs> so, uh, let's let's hit on a, a few quick hits. Uh, NXT Takeover Thirty um, on the pre-show. Um, Brizongo beat uh, Legado de Fantasma, and. Um, Whoever, oh, and Oni and Danny. I was like, who's the other team? To win the, yeah. uh, they are not, they're now the number one contenders. Actually, if you watch NXT this week, they actually won the championships. So shout out to Breeze and, and Dango. And and y'all, how crazy is this? How crazy is this? That tag team title is Tyler Breeze's first championship in the WWE. It's Fandango's. Yep. Well, I yep. mean, yeah, but like nobody's surprised that it's Fandango's first title in the WWE if you kept up with his career progression. Like, if you saw Tyler Breeze in NXT the first go-round, yeah. like, it is shocking that this is his first title. And I'm not even one of those people who's just like, oh, Tyler has been dropped the ball and blah, blah, blah. I love Breezango. I love everything about Breezango, and I have for a long fucking time. But, like, it is shocking to me and well-deserved. Wow. You're telling – honestly, I'm sitting here thinking they won the tag titles in WWE at one point, and they didn't. No, they got pushed, ah. they got pushed really hard during the Fashion Files because the Fashion Files got yeah. over more than people thought it would, and they got a title match against, yeah. I think, Heel New Day. No, oh, no, it was Usos. Usos. That's right. That, was, That's the match so when Tyler, Tyler turned – he was dressed as, like, an old woman and then, like, the janitor. As and, the janitor, and he was using the mop. Classic, and he was though. using the fucking yes. mop. Oh. Yes, but it's really <laughs> that being four stars. Yeah. 2016 SmackDown was so much fun. Um, so that was on the pre-show. Um, we had – on the main show, we had uh, Finn Balor beating Tim Thatcher. We had uh, Damian Priest winning the North American title in the ladder match. Shout out to my boy. We had, uh, of course, Pat McAfee surprisingly surprising the world, but losing to Adam Cole. We had uh, Yosh beating Dakota Kai. And in the main event, Karrion Cross upset Keith Lee uh, to win the NFC Championship, which he went on to forfeit. Um, on Wednesday. Speaking of that, next week on a Tuesday edition of NXT, 60-minute Iron Man match Fatal 4-Way. Johnny Gargano, Maso Ciampa, Adam Cole Bebe, and Finn Balor. I can't Crazy think of anything shit. I can't think of anything I want to watch less than that. Well, Seriously. it's been fun, y'all, but uh, y'all won't see Carl for another year. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. off, Carl. We're, we're 60, not minutes, 60 minutes of a bunch of no-selling flopping around flipping. I'm That's out. That's not fair. No, no, don't do that. That's not fair. Because all four of those guys, they do sell. They just sell too much. 
<laughs> well, okay, that's fine. I'll pass on that. I mean, I, I I can't watch matches longer than thirty. My my brain is not wired to watch anything. There have only been mostly thirty minutes. Thirty forty-four minutes. Ooh, Carl's internet is shit tonight. Well, right, let me say this. Okay, if it was, if it was an Iron Man, if it was a sixty-minute Iron Man match with just two of those guys, then I would be like, oh hell no. But since it's all four of them, and you'll get different combinations of people fighting each other during the match, and since if and I'm thinking all four of them are going to get at least one fall apiece. So I think in this case it'll be fine, and I think it'll be very good. I now I if it, if it was if it was Gargano and Cole an Iron Man match, hell no. If it was Gargano and Ciampa in an Iron Man match, hell no. Okay. Can I just say was, like literally the only one in the match that I don't want to see at all is Johnny Gargano. The other three I'm here for in literally any combination, and it's not because I dislike Gargano. It's just because. Listen, y'all, I understand that he's got this whole pride in being in NXT and yada yada, but like, dog, you've been there for almost 10 years and I'm over it. <laughs> like, it's not literally 10 years, but you know what I'm saying? Like, the- he's been there forever. He's been like near the championship pretty much the entire time that he's been a singles guy. And I'm just like, dude, can you and your incredibly talented wife both go be singles people on the main roster now? The problem with Gargano... Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, here, see, the thing is, all right, so... I don't know, so I think he's a bit of a coward. Because I get the impression that um, he doesn't want to go to Raw or SmackDown because he you know, he won't get to do his 30-minute, you know, 15 kickout matches there. He ain't going to be shit on the main roster. <laughs> he's not. He's, he's exactly where he should be. Well, yeah, I mean... And honestly, I, I, I kind of like where he is now, where he's kind of like the bridge guy for those multi-man matches with all the new people, right? I mean, I think that's a perfect because he held, you know, he held the ladder match together, and that's I think that's a perfect role for him right now, and I kind of like him in that role. But he, I think he's one of those people where if he goes to Raw or SmackDown and he's having you know six-minute matches on TV and you know he's probably not going to be happy. And, you know, and, you know, my thought about that is, well, too bad. I mean, because, I mean, (laughs) you know. Maybe the problem problem is he's gone one-on-one with Finn. He's gone one-on-one with Ciampa a million fucking times. He's gone one-on-one with Cole uh, half a dozen fucking times. So maybe it's not even so much like him being in NXT is the problem so much as I have seen him specifically feud with these other three individually so much over the last couple of years that I'm just like, I don't want to see you face. All all of that is a problem, I think. And it ties into why I think a lot of NXT diehards have kind of, not going to say soured, but NXT feels different a little bit. Is because the NXT model that most people fell in love with was exactly that, a model. So that you had people that were there and then moved on. And then you had a new crop 
and then they moved on, and then they had a new crop, and then they moved on, and then Gargano and Ciampa and Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era got to the top, and then they stayed because NXT became a brand, and they needed to stay. And so now we've had essentially three plus four years, three plus or four plus years of those acts at the top of the card, and NXT is not a huge brand. So essentially, you can only wrestle so many people. You know what I mean? So like Johnny Gargano and and Tommaso Ciampa's biggest win outside of each other was against the Revival three years ago, right? So the Revival did a whole main roster stint and is wrestling for another company now. So like, so I think that's part of the problem is that one we have to adjust our minds to the fact that well they're there now. That's just what it is. And to your point, Rob, about Gargano possibly being a coward, you may be right. But all of them say that. Adam Cole said straight up, I don't want to go nowhere else. Ciampa said, I will retire if you make me go to the main roster and just be an agent. So either either Uncle Paul got something in the Kool-Aid or they scared of how Big Daddy Vince going to book him or something. But some down there both. in, in both. Orlando. Both. Yeah, both probably. Probably. And, and, oh, and, and. Of- I think it's a combination of one, if you grew, especially if you came up on the indies, like a lot of those guys do, it's real comfortable to be a big fish in a small locker room. That's number sure. one. Sure. True. But number two, it's it's pretty much established now that, you know, Uncle Paul, everybody loves working for Uncle Paul. Yeah. And they love working with love working with Uncle Paul, and Uncle Paul puts them in positions to like Paul Heyman, Triple H puts his people in positions that emphasize their strengths and hide and minimize their limitations. Yeah. It's also pretty much a record now that, like, what you did on NXT don't mean shit when it's time to be sent elsewhere and they will repackage your existing facade however they deem fit. If you're an act like Undisputed Era and you're as over as you are, I can imagine it's terrifying the thought of being sent up and having whatever magic you think this is played with. You know, you might not trust the change that is coming, whether that's smart or not. And one more point to add to that, because that's all great points and I completely agree. One more thing that none of us have talked about is you also have to think about the workload. When WWE goes back on the road and when they become, when they go back to normal, they work four or five days a week traveling every night. NXT doesn't have that workload. NXT will go on the road maybe once or twice a month and NXT pays for, like, they ride buses. They don't have to ride, they don't have to drive and, and ride the roads. You yeah, know? they have to so, large like, it's a different, Yeah. But even the main guys don't work the Largo Loop. The main guys get sent to Houston or to Washington or to the Carolinas or whatever, the big city loops. But those loops are paid for by the company. It's not like the main roster. So that's another thing is that a guy like Champa, who's had the neck injuries that he's had and all the struggles he had with trying to have his daughter, that might behoove him to want to stay there where he has more of an opportunity to have a home life than to be on the road four or five nights a week. 
and come home just to wash his clothes, take a shower, and kiss his baby on the, on the on the forehead. Well, now he now he specifically said he did not want to go on the road. That's so that that's his deal, definitely. I think now with Gargano, I think it's just that, and when he gets up there, he yeah, I mean he he doesn't stand out, and I mean you put him in the ring with Roman Reigns, it looked like Roman Reigns would eat him, like literally. I mean, like I mean, um. Because he's he's just not a big guy, and he's well, when um, I, I got a question. I got a question for you. Saying saying that, and I'm I'm not being facetious. Legitimately, Rob, tell me what you think. And I'm I'm not being facetious. Like legitimately, what is the difference, which in not just in character but in general, between a guy like Johnny Gargano and a guy like Daniel Bryan? Um, well, Daniel Bryan has shown he can do all the. He can do all the sports entertainment stuff. He did comedy skits with Kane when they were Team Hell No. Um, he did the you know the evil you know environmentalist gimmick. Basically, I mean Daniel Bryan has shown he can do all types of personality stuff. He can do different gimmicks. He can do you know play different personas, right? And he's shown that he can do that. And to his credit, out of all the quote unquote indie darlings that came there, he jumped in with both feet and he embraced sports entertainment. And so to, to that point, you're completely right. But if I if I may counter, just and I'm I'm just argue, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying I'm arguing for Johnny Gargano, I'm just arguing the, the former point. Gar, Gargano has shown that kind of range in NXT, I think. And if you don't think he has, remember Daniel Bryan's first three, four, five years on the main roster until he got with AJ. He was just the guy who could wrestle. And then AJ, and then everything when he got to AJ changed his whole trajectory. The reason he went to anger management was because of AJ, which he got him with Kane. So, like, it took three, four years to position him in a place to where he got the whole sports entertainment stuff down. But he always... Right, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. So I, I, I see your argument, but they're the same guy. With, well, no, I was gonna say with Gargano, like specifically to the things of like comedy and and more entertainmenty type things, I would counter argue that we don't know for a fact that he can't do those things because we haven't seen him presented in such a way where he is asked to do those things. And I think that that matters because it's one thing to say that you're a funny person. It's another thing to be presented as a comedy character or a comedy storyline. And if you've not been put in a situation where you're being asked to present that side of yourself, I don't think it's for us to assume that you're not able to do it. I have just as many issues with Gargano as you do, but I I, I do think... He could work on the main roster if he was given the chance. That's all. That's my only counter. What do you think? Well, if he's willing to embrace it and jump in like Daniel Bryan did, then yes. But I mean, but you know, he, he's going to have to do that, and he doesn't seem like he really wants to do a whole lot of that. I mean, like he and Candice are doing stuff now, but like doing a full full blown comedy gimmick, like. You know, Daniel Bryan did with Kane. I mean, and and in today's climate, where that was when Daniel Bryan did that in 2012, 
and you know the the, the work rate fanatics hadn't taken control of the internet like they do now and, and I mean, the last thing I want to is have to, you know, look at my Twitter timeline on a Monday or on a Friday. <laughs> all these people complaining because Johnny's not getting to do his work rate matches anymore, and now he's doing you know comedy skits. I mean, the problem because- there's not a problem with comedy in wrestling. The problem with comedy is that a lot of the comedy in wrestling is shitty. That's <laughs> the problem. It's not that there's a problem with there being comedy wrestling or comedy characters or comedy angles, it's that a lot of the stuff that they play as comedy isn't funny. Like, I mean, I I think I'm probably the only person who didn't find heavy machinery funny, but I didn't find anything about that funny. I don't know that there was supposed to be funny as much as... there's. So, Carl, you can speak more to this because this is more your style of entertainment stuff that you I think that, yeah, that drags please, you more somebody, to it. I, somebody I don't, explain Otis to me. Please. I don't think heavy machinery is supposed to be funny in the traditional sense of ha 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 more so than it is of that dude is crazy but it's something about him that makes me look. Right. I don't get Otis at all. I just don't <clears throat> get it. Well I mean I don't know like we all know comedy's for the most part, fairly subjective. I mean, there's not, there's certain lines you don't cross. WWE has spent a lot of time throwing shit at the wall to see if it sticks when it comes to comedy and wrestling. But at the same time, you know, I mean, heavy machinery, I wouldn't necessarily find them funny per se. And like Grant says, I don't know that it's so much that they're trying to necessarily be funny. Like if you've ever like listened to Otis talk outside of a WWE, no, well, outside of a WWE like event, he's kind of um, he's kind of silly like that in general, and, and so I mean I don't really know if that's just him amping himself up a little, being who he is, amped up a little bit in general. But I mean, when you talk about wrestling and comedy, I mean, our truth comes to mind immediately. Like it's one of the guys that makes has it worse. since consistently been funny. Perfect. And pops everyone. That man has made Brock Lesnar pop in the ring. That's no <laughs> easy feat. So I mean, it's, I well, you know, one of my favorite guys, one of my favorite guys in wrestling as a person is Colt Cabana. And Colt Cabana will be the first person to tell you, I'm a comedy wrestler. It's what right. I do. My my goal is to come and have fun, make some people laugh. I'll put on a match or two, and then I'm gonna go home. And it's like there's nothing wrong with comedy in wrestling as long as it's good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We got to remember though, like I think the hard part with comedy and wrestling is like, especially now the show isn't really for us. And we've talked about this before. I haven't been on the show that much. And I know this has been talked about wrestling. Isn't really for 35 year olds. And they always say that like, you know, the demo and all that stuff, but WWE has been centered and geared to kids forever. So, I mean, stupid shit like food fights and fart jokes, not funny to us, but like little kids watching it find that dumb shit hilarious. You know what I mean? So, I think that's kind of, we just kind of, that's what it is. Well, and, and, well I find that still funny again now because that's what happens <laughs> when you get, I mean, when you turn 46, you start, you know, you don't worry about that stuff anymore. Sure. And you start, you sure. Stop trying, 
you stop trying to be mature and intelligent all the time. I and agree. You you get a new appreciation for stuff like for characters like Otis. Okay. <laughs> I just find him so annoying. Like everything, like he's just so aggravating. But you you know what I appreciate about Otis because he really he can be grating. What I appreciate about Otis more than anything else is, you look at that roster and there's not another person even close to being like him. That's what's important to me. And I would I would put it this way: so much now because we're in the work rate era, and so many of these guys come out and they look the same, like black trunks. No shirt. Music. They look like a creator. So many of them look the same that at times it is refreshing to see someone who is completely different. Like to me, at least like, I mean, you can literally take so many wrestlers and be like, Oh, this guy is that guy. And that guy, like one thing, like my wife doesn't watch wrestling much, but she will, she has told me before that most of them just like look like guys in black trunks rolling around. Like none of them stand out to her as someone who's not a wrestling fan and on a show where you're trying to hopefully bring in more fans, that should be the idea. Why should she watches it? Why should she be interested in any, any of these guys that all look the same unless they have something that makes them stick out, you know? So I think the, the funny, whether you find it, whether anybody finds it funny or not, that the colorful nature of it, shit like the Thunderdome things that on the surface people might think is stupid actually is more likely to bring in people because it's something completely unlike the, anything they're watching ever watch. You know what I mean? And I think comedy wrestling falls into that category. And to go back to Daniel for a minute, like you're talking about people all looking the same. He doesn't look like, you know, well, he doesn't look the same. Like, even though, you know, I mean, he's got the beard and everything like a lot of the Indies guys have, but the fact that he, you know, got, you know, shaggier hair and, all that, I mean, he, Daniel Bryan has, has done the work to make himself stand out even amongst all the indie guys. To, right? be fair, to be fair to the indie guys for this, like, oh, they all look the same thing, to be fair to them, indie wrestling doesn't pay shit. No, that's true. Gear and equipment <laughs> is expensive. So, true. like, I will never hate on somebody before they get that first Vince McMahon, Tony Khan check. Sure. Like before you get your first big money check from Bushi Road or the Khan family or to McMahon's or Sinclair or to Owl people, like in or Triple A or whatever, until somebody with money signs you permanently and you start getting like good booking money, I am not gonna hate on you for having generic ass gear because like I get it. Gear is expensive. I ain't mad at you. And to your point about Brian, one more one more point, Rob, before you retort. Think about who Brian was when he first got there. Again, I feel like you're ignoring the first five years, the three, four, yeah, five years. The American of Dragon WWE. was very much a generic creator wrestling. Not, not, not just him. not just the Indies. Well, I'm talking about uh, with ne- going in from Nexus to when he got fired to when he came back at at at, at SummerSlam to the U.S. title run. To all that stuff, when he had the crew cut with the little mm-hmm. bitty goatee, mm-hmm. he started getting over pushed heavily when he grew the beard and got real shaggy because it mm-hmm. did make him look different. Let me let, let me let me jump in here, okay? Because all right, it didn't take it did not take 
three or four years, actually. I looked it up. All right. He, he came there in 2010, and he won the U.S. title not even six months in. And right. he, had, he had the whole NXT angle with The Miz, like, from day one. So, mm-hmm. they, they were pushing him hard from day one. I'm not and saying then, I push. I'm saying main, like main, like main event world title picture is what I mean. But I, I see your point. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, well, it's just I'm just saying that it, it came a lot faster than y'all are saying it did. It didn't take four years. Uh, he to was win world, world title. No, it did not take four years. No, he won. He came there in 2010, and he won Money in the Bank 2011, and he cashed it in the same year. He 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 progressed a lot faster than people think, and they were doing big stuff with him from day one. Well, they kind of built around Brian being generic too. Like the fact that he looked generic was essentially the story in a lot of ways. You remember when like he was Miz's rookie, and like that, he, that you know what I mean. Like the whole thing was like, yeah, you're like nothing. You don't like you don't like Miz. I'm the Miz, and I have my thing, right? And you don't have anything. You're just this guy. Like you are you know, a guy. You know, that Ryan, was- think about the more I think about that year and or that like couple of years, the more I just think back on how Samoa Joe's contract status with TNA was really rocky at that time. And how like Vince could have just swooped right on in there and gotten an early 30s Samoa Joe who is just as good at character work as this version and whose body hadn't betrayed him yet. That's yeah, true. It, yeah. Um, yeah. And Brian won the World Heavyweight title in 2011, but I think the Brian that everybody knows that is the one that drew money was in 2013 when the Yes Movement started. That's what I mean. Yeah, but then Team Hell No was 2012. So Right, but that's three years. Okay, well, yeah, but I'm just... but. I mean, he was already. I'm just saying, he was making noise. Sure, but Gargano he, was too. Gargano started off when he when he started off. He was making. We're talking semantics and actually agreeing at the same time. My whole point was that everybody for everybody it takes time, and and Brian was one of the few that was able to overcome a lot of the stereotypes. But he also, to your point, changed a lot of himself and was able to kind of. Um, rebuild himself in a way that was always keeping him relevant with fans, and more importantly, showing Vince he was worthy of carrying the ball. So, yeah, and, and he also and, benefited. He also benefited from being the victim of lots of like poor corporate choices. And what I mean by that is, so. They, de- they decide to debut him in the Nexus and then they fire him because he strangles Justin Roberts during the debut segment when they destroy everything. Fans blow the fuck up. Why are you getting rid of this guy? He's clear, like, this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. They bring him back. Then he gets the world title after Money in the Bank and that leads to his first world title defense at WrestleMania against Sheamus. Nice. A match that he proceeded seconds. to lose in seconds. Yeah. And yes. the fan base seven lost exactly. there. And the fan base lost their shit. And so, like, he reinvented himself a lot. 
and continued to find ways to try to get himself over. And then he also, because it takes both skill and luck in a lot of ways to reach the top. So his skill was that. His luck was every time some kind of a decision would go against him, it was always some kind of corporate fuckery that like incensed the fan base even more. Rey Mysterio being Rey Mysterio being number thirty in the Royal Rumble and not Daniel. Uh, Reigns getting pushed over people think he should. Oh, people think yep. that Brian should have been pushed. Brian getting hated hurt to this day because of that. Yeah, Brian getting hurt in WWE thinking that they tried to keep him out on purpose. Yeah, that's, you're right. That's a good point. So like, and so like, and and again, the only reason I bring it up is because y'all, whether you want to admit it or not. Yes, you need skill to get places, but you also need luck and especially a lot in, of it. Especially entertainment. To um, rise to that level of the top. Uh, let's move on to SummerSlam, y'all. Um, it started off with the kickoff show. Apollo Crews defended against MVP, uh, defended the U.S. title, and he won. Bailey defended her uh, SmackDown Women's Championship against Oscar. We're going to talk about Bailey and Sasha in a second. Um, the Street Profits... Fresh with their new little solo cup, Pyro, uh, beat, Andre, beat Andrade and, and Angel Garza. Um, and uh, no DQ, loser leaves WWE match. Mandy Rose beats Sonya Deville. Sonya, take care of your business. We'll see you down the road. Mandy, um, learn how to put the table up, honey, or bro, don't do the spot. Hey, she, she got legs. She has leg strength. She does squats. She does not do bench presses or curls. Again, um, again, if you can't put the table up, then don't do the spot. And if you're not sure, you should try beforehand. Um, a match that all of you guys have talked about to a certain extent. Seth Rollins defeated Dominic Mysterio in a street fight. Dominic. Um, <laughs> and Oscar's second match of the night, she defeated Sasha Banks to win back the Raw Women's Championship. Sasha Banks has still never successfully defended a title belt. I want that to sink in for people. I mean, she's defended it, but not. She's never had a, a successful title reign. Is a better way to put it. Because uh, yes, you're absolutely right, and it is crazy. Um, Drew McIntyre defended the WWE Championship, beating Randy Orton with a backslide. <laughs> and uh, this is this classic old school WWE, old school wrestling shit. And um, Bray Wyatt beat Braun Strowman uh, to win back the Universal Championship. Until Roman Reigns came in and wrecked everyone and left. So, gentlemen, I actually want to focus a little bit, if you don't mind, on the whole Bailey and Sasha story. Yeah. Because I think, personally, if, if you'll allow me to start here, um, this is a story essentially four years in the making. And clearly, the, I think the goal is to separate at WrestleMania. If you've watched since, I think, since WrestleMania 36 this past year, when uh, it was the fa- it was a fatal five way, and they put Sasha in, and Sasha almost kind of sacrificed herself to help Bailey win. You can see that they're best friends and they care about each other, but you could see both of them always like look and go with the other shoulder. When Bailey says that uh, when ba- someone's after Bailey's title, well, you got to be Sasha first, and Sasha's like what, or vice versa, or things of that nature, to even going as far as Bailey. Basically, sacrificing Kyrie Sane to help uh, Sasha beat Oscar, uh, and then Sasha sacrificing herself to help Bailey beat Oscar, and then in the same exact spot, 
Bailey couldn't do it for Sasha. Sasha screams for for Bailey like Kyrie screamed for Asuka, and Sasha taps and loses. I think that there is this beautiful storytelling, and I think if this is done well, we have six months to Mania. I think this could and should be the final match main event of WrestleMania 37. You want to talk about coming full circle, and you want to talk about, like, long-term arcs and, like, all that shit going from TakeOver Brooklyn and, like, reminding the world how great women's wrestling can really be to, like, main eventing WrestleMania. I am here for it. And apparently, apparently, if rumors are to be believed, old man McMahon loves Bad Bailey. So, like... Oh, he loves both. He loves Bailey and Sasha. Which, I mean, what's there not to love? Bad Bailey is a badass Latina woman who will beat the fuck out of you if you look at her wrong. And I think the fact that all four of the four horsewomen having that accolade of being the only woman to make a event, of course, with Ronda, who's the most over woman they've ever had, I think is really dope to look at in the annals of history. Rob, what you think, bro? Ooh, now... Do we have eight more months? Can can this stretch out for another eight months? Um, that's sure. Uh, well, okay. Here's the thing. All right. Um, I guess it depends on when they actually split and how long you know that part of it goes. Because if they split within the next couple of months, then I don't think you can drag. I don't think you can carry that all the way to April. Um, I guess the problem is that Bailey's almost out of people. She's pretty much out of people to defend against, except the only person she hasn't defended against on SmackDown is Mandy Rose. All right, now Naomi will probably conspicuously free right now. Otis does have a briefcase. All right, so here's here's the thing. All right, so Naomi's probably going to get a title shot because she beat Bailey. So that's one. And then she can defend against Mandy after that. But then after that, there's like there's nobody there. She will have literally beaten everybody there. And so at that point, then you know if she, if she okay, she beats Naomi and she beats Mandy. It's August now, and then we let's say okay, well, that gets us to October. Um, what if Swerve? What if Swerve again? Swerve. Otis has that briefcase. What if Mandy cashes in the money in the bank briefcase and takes um, the title I don't look. I don't see that because honestly, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 I myself for a minute. The, the, the saving grace is that we have a draft coming, and so more people will inevitably come. And more importantly, they're still tag champs. So you have things like this payback pay per view a week after. A main pay per view yeah. where Tag you can focus until on Kaiju Big Battle until Kaiju <laughs> Big Battle takes them out. Well, I don't think I don't think you even have to necessarily. Dr- I mean, you can space like you can still have stories that have gaps. Like it doesn't have to be drug out for eight months. Bailey and Sasha. When is this going to break? When is this going to happen? I mean, I don't really, I don't really buy into that narrative because I mean, it's one of those things where like. You know, maybe maybe Sasha, maybe they lose the tag titles and then just kind of split for a while, and then who knows? Sasha wins the women's rumble. 
You know what I mean? Like there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of things there that can happen. And it's like, Oh yeah. Now we're revisiting. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, okay. So, I mean, I don't really think that you have to, they could lose the titles and one of them gets drafted or one of them gets drafted to raw. Absolutely. And that like, they make a big deal about them being split up for a couple of months and then Sasha wins Royal rumble. And it's just like, Oh great. Bestie. You're going to be a champ. Just like I'm the champ. And it's like, no, bitch. I'm going to take your title. Yeah, there's so many ways you can drag it to, to – like, it doesn't have to be, like – you don't have to drag it to the finish line. Like, you can halt for a little bit and come back to it because that's – I mean, I think that's fine because we all know their history. Their history isn't going to disappear if they stop telling the story for a month or for two, three, four months. You know what I mean? So I think that – I think you can still work that in just fine, but – and and before I let you, I want you to finish, Rob. But then you also remember the pay per views that are coming up too. Survivor Series is a, is a brand pay per view. You don't have to focus on a title match there. So where Rumble is, of course, the Rumble. And I think for this to work, Sasha would have to win the Rumble. Another thing you don't have to worry about with that. So I think between the months of November and and January, you can kind of get away with not really needing a very credible challenger to kind of take her on. So th- there is time. I I see that it is a little difficult to see the finish line, but I think it could be done. I forgot well, I mean, I about Survivor Series. It, it really depends on when they split. Yeah. Okay? That's, that's important. That's when, that's when the clock really starts because the sooner they, if they, if they split before the end of this year, then no, you, you, I mean, it, taking that all the way out. Well, if, if you take it all the way out to Mania, then that has to literally be like the final match between them like ever. Really, you think so? I mean, if you're going to take this all the way out to WrestleMania, and yeah, then, but are you assuming that they're wrestling the whole time, and that's the final encounter? I mean, if if you're going to take this all the way out to WrestleMania, and then they have a match against each other, and if it is the main event, and then I mean, you can't have them having a rematch the next month. I mean, this is one of those things. The longer they take this out, then once it's over. You got to get them away from each other for a while, because then it, it'll be like Charlotte and Becky, right? Right? And I mean, where you just don't want to see them face each other for a while. I <laughs> mean, and see, you just want them to be away, point. and you want, and you just want them to be away from each other because um, if they take this all the way out to WrestleMania, if it ends sooner, then yeah, it, you can you can revisit. Or you can, you know, you can re, you know, you can revisit next year at some time or something. But the longer you take this out, then when it ends, you know, you you get then you're going to have to you know, keep them away from each other for a while because then, like, what's the point of a big long year long angle and then right afterwards you guys are doing stuff together again? Or five more matches afterwards. That's a good point. That's a good point. I see your point. Yeah. So, um, so just it depends on whether or not because here's here's the other thing. All right, they're a lot like the sum total of them when they're working together is much greater than when they're both working separately. So, you know, the longer the the more you can keep them doing stuff together, you know, the better. So. That would kind of mean it might be better to end the feud earlier and then you can get back to them doing stuff together next year as opposed to taking this all the way out to WrestleMania and then 
you need to wait longer before you put them back together doing anything. Well, I think um, you definitely got to at least you got to at least take if you're going to do what Rance is talking about. And you, Ranch, you were mentioning Survivor Series and how it's a brand pay per view, and how you a lot of times you'll get like title versus t- t- champion versus mm-hmm. champion type matches. I also think that I mean you've got to also like that's a way to keep them like where the focus isn't on them as a team. But with Survivor Series, you know, if they have a traditional Survivor Series match, I mean, in that world, they both got to be on that Survivor's team women's match because it's the perfect way to continue to tell that story of one saving the other or vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, so there's a lot of ways to go about it, but I do agree with you, Rob, on the fact that you you can't like, if you're going to stretch it out and you're not going to keep them separate for all the way through or whatever, like it's got, I mean, it's going to have to be very delicately done. And on top of that, like you said, as soon as it's over, it's got to be over. Like it's got to be over for a long time. Because you're telling a very, very long story. And also, you got to remember, there's other factors at play. I mean, we talked about other wrestlers and other contenders and stuff like that. And I know everyone hates to hear it. I don't know when Charlotte Flair's coming back. We don't know when – I mean, I, I don't assume she's coming back anytime soon. But we don't know when Becky Lynch is going to be back. You know what I mean? If you think about it, well, she announced her pregnancy. Well, at least not until after she has the baby. Right. But what I was getting at is that's already been four months since she found out she's pregnant. So, I mean, we're not that far. We're halfway home on that anyway. So, I mean, you know, it's not that far away. Oh, yeah. So, I've been assuming. I'm assuming if she's coming back, I've been assuming like SummerSlam of next year. Sure. Like they'll do a video hype package announcing her impending return. Yeah, because we can't. We don't really surprise people anymore these days, except for the big dog. Got a pop a Raiden, brother. Man, man, I don't know. Like. The Bailey and Sasha thing, it is one of the best stories. And Kyle, you mentioned it at the top that it's been pretty much like the most entertaining thing for you in wrestling and WWE at least. But how shitty would it be if how shitty would it be if all four years of this build, four years of this will they won't they, will they won't they, they go and they have one of the greatest years ever women could ever have in the business, right? And then they have their match at like no way out. What? <laughs> we don't do that. Well, I mean, Rance, you got to remember to like, dog. You got to remember this is the same company that gave us the Shield triple threat for the first time at fucking payback. That's different. It was How is it that. different? How is it different? Yeah, it was different. Yeah, it was different. I was in the building for it. That's how it's different. Oh. So I appreciate them. Bob, your bias aside, your bias aside. No, I appreciate them having that match at Battleground because I got to be there. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's, it's yes, I, I appreciate that bias because I too have been at some very memorable <laughs> uh, pay-per-views in my lifetime. But the Ooh. reason why the reason why it had to happen at, at payback or whatever it was is because they that the brand split had just started back. That was the last chance they were going to have a chance to do it. Yeah, of course, and now because they, they could never figure out a way to make that triple threat match work otherwise at WrestleMania. No, no so I see not point. This but also look no. look at what one third of the Shield is doing right now. Well, well I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, apparently he's number one on the fucking PWI five hundred. We're getting somehow. there. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're gonna get there. All right. But look, all right, so okay, if 
if it ends before WrestleMania, then it'll probably end at the Royal Rumble. Okay, they'll have so either they either they blow it off at the Royal Rumble or they do take it to WrestleMania. Yes. Okay. It's not going to end at fast lane. Well, look, if it ends early, though, you can just, if it does end early, like, we can, me and Rance, we can all get on here and blame the fans. I'm down. Because, like, if you think about it, Seth Rollins Rollins said it best. He was like, fans can't handle long-term storytelling anymore. So, I mean, you know, we could do that. I mean, I'm here for it. We need to get Seth on the show. That's what we need to do. He'll love it. He'll be like, yeah. You you think I can book Seth? I can't book you. You think I can book Seth? What are you trying to say? You trying to say Seth is 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 you trying to say Seth is a bigger star than me? That's hurtful, bro. Come on. No, I guess one thing one thing we do gotta remember though is this didn't really get going good until WrestleMania 36 because like for those first few months after Bailey turned, she they were still figuring out exactly what her kind of persona was going to be. And then Sasha was out with the ankle injury. So they lost probably like three or four months on this. And it didn't really get going until right before WrestleMania. So for, I mean, the people, so for people who were saying that this is going on too long, it just feels reason, that way because they, they they've been on all three brands. Yeah. That's what that, it feels that way because for the summer throughout these weird shows they've been on all three brands carrying this story on top of the other storylines going on in each brand and there's nothing wrong with that but that's why it feels like to a certain segment of the fan base that it's been going on forever feels like oversaturation essentially that makes perfect sense yeah i get it but yeah i mean They've also been attached. Think about it. WrestleMania 35, they defended the tag championships. WrestleMania 34, they were in the pre-show, um, um, the Overy Battle Royal Trophy, and Sasha Bailey eliminated Sasha until Naomi popped up and eliminated them because they were beefing going into that. This has been going on. It has yeah. <laughs> since before WrestleMania 34. They've been attached at the hip. Remember when they went to uh, to couples management? Th- to Remember in the women's elimination chamber match when they first teased us with this feud? That was like, yeah, that was two years ago. That, yeah, that was twenty. That was two thousand eighteen. And and what happened is I think basically well Ronda Rousey signed, so they had to put they put that on the back burner because Ronda's whole thing was more important. They've start stopped. I mean, they've start stopped Bailey and Sasha so many times that it's a recurring joke amongst the fan base. Agreed, which is why I think the year that they've had, the fact that the three biggest stars from last year are all gone, Ronda, Charlotte, and Bailey, and, and, um, and Becky, the fact that they've literally carried the company since COVID happened, I think it's only fair. And remember, Bailey's been champion over a year now. Yeah. I think it's only fair that you give them their just due and let them – maybe main eventing is, 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 is too – Maybe that's too. Uh, maybe I'm being ambitious. Ambitious, right? Because there's still a chance Roman and the Rock could wrestle. I don't if think you're fans. being. I was gonna say I don't think you're being ambitious. I think it's more of a. For me, it's always just what's the biggest story. If they're the biggest, if they are, because like right now, they're the story with the most depth, the mo- with the most detail, with the most like oomph behind them. 
but like what's going on eight months from now might you know it might still be this is the hottest story it might be like you said Roman versus Rock, which I am the only person who's just kind of like, is that what we really want? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Like, we'll give like, you Adam Rock Cole might, and the bull like, with the fireworks. No, give me but, Roman but and Rock. Like, but like, but like, Rock might literally break himself because we care. know that he can't wrestle in matches these days without getting hurt because he's on too many roids. And y'all, if you don't think that that's why he keeps getting hurt, it's why he keeps getting hurt. This motherfucker is on so many steroids that he's three times the size he was when he was a seven-time WWE champion. And so, no, his body can't do this shit no more. It's the steroids. Well, you're not going to get that match if there's no fans anyway. So that's, you know, that's a a 50-50 shot at this point. Maybe worse. <clears throat> so I think, I think the main event is going to be Roman Reigns versus somebody. Um, <laughs> oh, great! The fan base can the fan base can again go up in arms about he's main well, event six WrestleManias. Well, no, no fans in the building. Nobody. <laughs> I like, I like your new impression of the fans. I, that's that's a gets better than but Reigns. I like the I like this one. That's a good one. Well, you know what? At this point, I don't care. All right, I'm I'm tired of the, the, the nerds, okay, who keep insisting because hey, you know, hey, they want. Hey, hey, be nice to nerds. No, 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 Look, not all nerds. No, just the IWC nerds. Continue. Yeah, now I'm because I'm tired of them, okay? Because they, you know, they want you know, they want Adam Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano to main event WrestleMania, okay? Well, and, I, and, no, no, we're not year? doing that, okay? One year. I'm sorry. No, no okay. We're not doing that, okay? It's look. It's time to come back to 250 pound or bigger uh-huh. people. There it is. The, 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 the truth bias. comes out. He's the a scientist. I'm yes, with I, you on this, Rob. I'm Big E's man. Like I want you. You got your five star classics. If you were bothered to listen to the Outsiders Edge, Carl, <laughs> you would hear me talking about how great Big E is every fucking week. That actually, for the record, if you if if the the rock things are happening, but that'd be a dope thing if you can build Big E up enough to get enough steam to face a, a I'm not Roman's not heel, but to face a more um a more dangerous Roman, and kind of the the seriousness of Roman's um, character versus the lackadaisical whimsicalness of Big E's character, that could be fun. Yeah. Or it'll be yeah. it'll look. I want Big E versus Seth. I want Big E to call him a false messiah, just well, because I want the promos. Well, you, what you, you guys are gonna love this? Alistair Black's called him that before already. Woo! See, Woo! I, I don't know who that is. Yes. Whatever. Carl, Watch when Alistair know? does his heel turn. He's gonna be your favorite wrestler on the damn roster. Carl, I hate do you, you know who that is? I hate you. I have no idea who this man is speaking of. Uh, I, I hate both. Well, next next week on the <laughs> Outsiders Edge with Raz and Rob. <laughs> I hate you guys. Me and Kyle will do the uh, the Curve and Kyle Hour. Where we just shit on no, someone that we've you never got, heard of. Show, look, show up two weeks in a row. We can talk. Okay. No, I'm I'm talking to Kyle. <laughs> I'm talking to you. <laughs> okay. 
So we, we, we've joked I mean, about it. But I, let's, I let's, echo Rance's sentiment. Show up two <laughs> weeks in a row and we'll, uh, we'll talk turkey. Let's, uh, let, me, let me bring this up real quick before we get out of here because we've, we've kind of pontificated a lot. Um, yeah, PWI 500, 500 came out today. <laughs> um, we've, we've, it was already been alluded to, but Moxley, a.k.a. Ambrose, was number one. I have I found a list. I don't know how legit it is, but it sounds very legit based on the shit the PWI does. So I'm gonna read you the top 25 based on this list. It could okay. be okay. wrong, but this is okay. what I got. Hit me with it. Well, I'm gonna go 25 to one and one to 25. Go 25 to one. Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> 25 is Walter. Walter. 24 okay. is Kento Mayahara. I have no idea what that is. Eight all Japan Dragon Gate, no idea. Um, tw- twenty three is is Kyle's favorite wrestler, Alistair Black. Who? Who? Fuck both of y'all. Solid. Twenty two is your is your future AEW champion and MJF. Okay. Blah. Twenty one is Will Osprey. Number twenty is the guy that that I know for a fact Rob loves and is a shock at twenty. Jacob Fatu. Wow, I mean that's higher than I thought he would be, but Much yeah, he's one of that. He's one, yeah, he's one of my guys. Uh, Nineteen is Braun Strowman. But what? Eighteen is Roosh. All right, yeah, he's had a great year in Ring of Honor. He's had a tremendous year. Seventeen is the newly ridiculously jacked Kota Ibushi. Have you seen the pictures? Yeah, yeah, I have. When Tanahashi looks at you like, damn. Yeah. No, you know what that is? You know what that is? Kenny moved to the U.S., and so now Coda's lonely. He has <laughs> nothing to do but work out. <laughs> okay, number 16 is Bray Wyatt. Okay, okay. Wow. 15, 15 is a world champion in uh, Nick Aldis. I can't call him the world champion. Right. 14 okay. is the big dog. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> 13 is Kenny Omega. Trash. Damn, really? I'm not nope. going to call it trash. It. I find it interesting. I find it interesting that they put Kenny over some of the other people because I like to me it hasn't felt like a strong year for Kenny, but I think it could just be because I'm thinking of like the new Japan standard of Kenny and not the gotta, new AEW. Even kayfabe, though, I mean, Kenny lost a bunch of pay-per-view matches, and then Coda won the G1, so Coda should be higher than Kenny. Well, see, you say that, but you say that, but you have to remember, PWI is very kayfabe-based, and Kenny lost some singles matches, but Kenny has won, I think, more matches than any AEW wrestler all year because of all the tag matches they've won. Boom. He's so. riding Hangman's coattails. Well, yeah, we agree on that, but um, so, yeah, Brock Lesnar's number 12. Okay. Keith Lee is number 11. I like that. All right. All right. Basking Top 10. Top 10. You ready? Yep. Uh, at number 10, we got AJ Styles. The phenomenal okay. AJ Styles. Number 9, we got Kofi Kingston. Okay. Okay. Number 8, we got Seth Rollins. Okay. Should be higher. Should be higher. Well, listen to the other guys, and you'll see. Because I may agree with you, depending. I, I may agree. Number seven is Cody. 
Cody should be higher. Seth should be higher than Cody. Seth should be higher. Okay, you ain't heard the guys ahead of him. I'm just saying. Number I think I'm just is, listening. Go ahead. Number six is Okada. Okay, 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 okay. Number five is Naito. Yeah, 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 yeah. Number four is Drew McIntyre. Nah. You can make an argument for Drew at number one, but go I'm on. Saying. Number two is Jericho. But who was three? Three, three, Jericho. Three is Jericho. You're okay. right. My so that's trash. Kayfabe, Jericho has lost one match, and it's to Moxley. He's won every other match this year. Motherfucker, no, he's not. He's lost two matches oh. to Orange, but like that was okay. before the rankings were. You know what I'm saying, yeah, you still, yes, he's lost two matches in his whole career in AW. You get my point. But yes, I forgot about Orange Cassidy. Um, number two is the guy who should have been number one, Adam Cole, and then one is Moxley. Well, hold on, fuck this list because I didn't hear a single woman. <laughs> No, they have a separate list for the women's. No, they put them together this year. Oh, they put them together this year? Hold the fuck up. You mean to tell me you put the men and the women together, and in the top 25, you ain't got room for not one woman? Oh, no, that's oh, what oh. I said. No, they might be the right list. What's up, here, No, sorry. Because the way they explained it was that for this year, like women who did intergender are, can be on the men's list, but they're still having a separate list for the women. Okay, 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 okay. That makes sense. That's different. That's different. I'm okay with that. But still, I mean, so where where would what where's like Tessa Blanchard should be on in the top twenty five? I mean, we don't like her, but I mean, she should still be in the top twenty five. From a kayfabe standpoint, if Fatu is gonna be in the top twenty, I can give you that. I can give you that. The question is, did she do intergender all year? Because I know she had some high level women's feuds this year. Like um, what when, her and Jordan Grace had had to be for a little bit. When when did she win the the Impact Championship? When did she win that? That was at uh, that before. That was at uh, one uh, of those major pay per views. One of them. No, I think she won it at Bound for Glory. Then that was October last year. Then. And then. Bound for Glory is October pay per view. Slammiversary yeah. is when she was. Spo- I think she won it at Bound for Glory. I could be wrong. I'll look it up right now. Yeah. I'm okay. The same. If she was the Impact Champion. Because it's from last summer to this summer is the, you know, ranking period. So if she was Impact Champion for more than half of that, then she should be in the top twenty-five. I mean, so that. I just I'm I'm listening to that list, and my the first name that pops in my head is Drew McIntyre. Like I feel like, to hold me, on, hold on, I'm sorry, hold on quick. January thirteenth is when she won it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just I'm listening to your list, and I'm thinking of a few people here that that I would put, I would put them above Moxley, or excuse me, I would put them above Dean Ambrose. Is <laughs> call him by his name, man. <laughs> I would put McIntyre above Dean Ambrose. I, I would I would definitely um, put Adam Cole, and I'm honestly Seth Rollins. I don't think I would put him above Ambrose there because based on everything that Moxley's done, but I mean. I think if you're talking top, I even think Cody Rhodes, and I know we all aren't here for Cody, but just because of everything that's happened with him in the last year, it's a kayfabe list. Like, sure. you know, I but, feel like he but, would probably be a top five or two. But Cody's lost all of his major matches. Cody lost to Jericho. Cody lost to MJF. Well, he did lose to MJF, too. That's did Cody, did Cody, Cody beats Sean Spears, right? Well, Sean Spears loses to everybody. But, like, Cody's <laughs> lost some major matches, right? Um, yeah. But... 
the reason why Adam Cole is the pick is because he was the world champion the entire time. Sure, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he's, and it's not like he had, like, just some, he wasn't just facing, like, random jabrones. Like, he was facing some of the best guys in the business. No, yeah, you're right taking about them that. Taking the classics, right? Drew McIntyre's thing falls kind of, kind of, kind of soft to me because if this is July to July, Drew's July to November was just kind of mediocre. He turned it up, but it was just kind of eh. If we're talking about number one, you got to be hot from July to July. And Moxley was not hot in ring and match, but Moxley was hot in interest. So I get top 10, I get top five because he's been champ the whole time too, just about. But I do not understand how Adam Cole is not number one. Yeah, he should be because he was he was the NXT champion the entire time, and he beat all the best people there. The only person he didn't beat was Keith Lee. I mean, he and beat. That's it. And I mean, beat, you know, he beat he Gargano from day one that you were going to bask in his glory. Can we? Okay, hold on real quick though. We're talking about these rankings. I understand that it's kayfabe base. So I admit, but it's hard for me to pull away from the fact that the number one guy, and even to some extent the number two guy, are on secondary shows that very few that so I mean like they don't even crack a hundred a million viewers every Wednesday. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it's like eh. well, if you feel that way, then how did you feel when AJ wanted in TNA or Okada wanted in, in New Japan? I feel like New Japan's a little bit different. But I, I mean, AEW seen in more houses than New Japan. Well, that's uh, yeah, well, in more American houses. I don't know. Is that true? World, I mean, worldwide houses? Okay, that's fair. I don't really know the the logistics of NJPW. New Japan doesn't have a TV deal. Yeah, their uh, their old TV deal was with Axis, which was okay. bought by Anthem, and then <laughs> Anthem picked them off <laughs> Axis so that they could put their wrestling company. On their station. Thanks. I'll tell you how I felt. I didn't feel at all because when I listened to the PWI 500 list, I don't particularly give a shit. But like, I just think in general, like when I'm thinking, like you said, I agree with you. Probably Adam Cole should be number one here. You know, if we're going to get down to the brass tacks of it, I don't personally care, but it's just going to be more fuel for the root beer marks to just be douchebags for the next however long about their show. How That's hilarious all it would it be, though, if he loses next week to MJF after he comes out as the number one <laughs> PWI 500 guy? It might happen. He doesn't have the pin, so. I mean, <clears throat> he should lose to MJF, but, you know, I'm admittedly clearly a fool because he's number one on the PW 500, so whatever. Well, I'll say this. They, well, they make these lists be provocative, so... Um, yeah, I'm right about that. Definitely, it definitely is. And look, putting him on there would get more people talking because, like, you know, like Carl was saying, you know, the, the, the root beer marks are all, you know, celebrating right now. And then those of us who are root beer haters are <laughs> not happy. <laughs> I'm, not a ha- I'm not a hater. I like watching their show. I do. I don't like Moxley very much because he's like, he's hokey as fuck to me and i find that hilarious because he complained about how hokey he was before and i'm like you're still fucking hokey it's just a different kind of fucking hokey but like whatever i don't care i like aew i just don't think john moxley was the number one wrestler of the year 
I'm a hater. Okay, I admit it. I admit it. I'm a hater. But and look, here's the thing. All right, and like you said, he he complained about doing hokey stuff. The only difference, and I know that the AEW fans are gonna get pissed off at me for saying this, and they're gonna mm-hmm. claim it. They're gonna dip, insist yeah, this. I'll but, take the heat for you, buddy. Don't worry about him. The only difference between what he's doing now and what he was doing before is that there isn't a 70-year-old man handing him a script. That's it. Okay. Literally. That is the only difference. He is literally doing the same stuff, except that nobody, he's not being handed, not getting handed to him by a 70-year-old man, and so he's not irritated about it. And because his main beef, and he keeps doing these interviews, and he keeps saying it over and over again, his main beef is that the old man approved all the scripts or came up with the scripts. And, and that's he his. That's what he his, wanted. Yeah. That, that's been that's been his that's been his entire beef the whole time because he keeps bringing it up. He keeps mentioning it every time. So he his, he did not have a problem doing hokey stuff. He just didn't want somebody to tell him to do hokey stuff. That's exactly right. Well, but the beauty of it is you get to listen to him say that shit more often because he's going to get booked on more podcasts now <laughs> since he's the PWI 500 number one. Look, I like Dean Ambrose, but I'm with you, Adam Coles. I mean, the more I listen, I was thinking McIntyre in my head, but the way you lay it out, Rance, I mean, it's hard. It's, I mean, if he was champ literally the entire time, he how can he? for like 400 days. Yeah, exactly. How can it not be? Has to be. You're right. It's it's got to be Adam Cole. And I'm not even like the biggest Adam Cole fan in the world or anything, but I mean, like it should be him. I think it was 460 some odd days was the final date, final time yeah, or something like that. They're just going off the fact that you know Moxley shows up in AEW and it was a big deal, you know, and blah yeah. yada yada yada. That's well, how, what it and. Well, that's that's that, that's a big part of it too that we didn't talk about is that he it's is still undefeated. technically. The United States champion. Bruh. Apparently he's supposed to face apparently he's supposed to face Kenta for that title because Kenta won the New Japan Cup UF USA. Yeah. So, so like, they're gonna have to meet in some backwood they're gonna have to meet in Tony Khan's backyard. And they can't I televise like it because like that's the issue. So like he's just gotta go and drop this belt to Kenta. Kyle, can you try this for me? Has Moxley lost in AEW yet? Uh, let me check. Because that might be the reason. Because Adam Cole has clearly lost some matches over the year. He just has defended every title and won a lot, of, won a lot more. No, not, not has lost a title match. Like Adam Cole, I'm sure has lost a tag His match AEW here. AEW record is 25 wins, two losses, and one draw. Who's two losses to? Who did he lose to? I'm checking. Interesting. Yes. Oh. Okay, so right now, give you guys, who do you think should be number one in the women's PWI? Bailey? Her or Asuka, or Asuka, excuse me. Um, well, if it's, if it's, honestly, if it's, was it August to August? It's called um, July to July. Honestly, I still say Becky, because she didn't leave until, what, April? And that whole That's time, she was, she was Raw Women's Champion. She didn't that's, lose. That's a great point. I didn't think about so, that. That's a really good point. His losses Man. were in a tag match against Kenny and Paige, and in a tag match against Sammy and Jericho. Jericho. 
and Darby was his partner in both of those. Good point. Got you. So, no, I mean, Pac was his partner in the first one. Who? Pac. Oh, that's when they were be. Yeah, okay. Got you. Got you. Okay. Okay. So, see, like, so, it's, it's probably a similar situation to, like, Moxley hasn't lost a singles match all year. It makes more sense. I still say Adam Cole, because Adam Cole was literally champ all year. But What's Adam Cole's record? That's going to be harder to find, because AEW has an actual records page. No, um, nothing is that hard to find on the internet, Rance. Profite TV. Or cage match, or was cagematch.net done both of those? Yeah, both of them will have it. Yeah. Uh, for I mean, for the women, I think it would be Becky really because she was Raw Women's Champion up until well, Money in the Bank was in May, so she was Raw Women's Champion up until May, and she didn't. I mean, I don't think she lost any singles matches. I think she lost a couple of tag matches. And so the only time she lost the match. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I'll, I'll go with her because as far as one loss record, because Bailey, um, well, I don't know what Bailey's one loss record is, but so uh, I'm sorry to interrupt real quick. So I looked up Adam Cole's record in NXT this year. Cole has more losses than you would think he does, but that's because Cole is part of a stable. Yeah. And so the way that they always tried to make Cole look vulnerable as a champion is he would lose these tag matches or these stable matches and then would win his title matches. Oh, okay. One of those matches was me and Carl were at was against Imperium at um, whatever the show was before uh, Royal Rumble. But can I, can, I, can, I stare with, can I share with you guys a stat that blew my mind? Yeah. Yes. I'm looking up Adam Cole on Profile DB, and just in his career NXT, Adam Cole's win loss record is 100 wins to 93 losses. Wow, that's crazy. That is basically 50 50. But you would never and, think it. And so, okay, so that that basically dispels the whole myth that 50 50 booking is some terrible thing. Well, it depends on the person, but you're absolutely right. 50-50 booking isn't a bad person, thing. But it also, it, it depends on the person, and it also depends on the kinds of losses. It, I, I firmly believe that there is a huge difference between I'm in some tag matches and my tag team partner gets pinned or submits, and I lay on the match every other week. I think there's a huge difference in that. Yeah. Well, no, you're, no, you're right about that. But my, I guess my thing is that people, if people who are in the mid card per se, are going to go fifty fifty, yeah, because you're in the middle, <laughs> and and you're in the mid card, which means some weeks you're there to put somebody over, and then some weeks you're there to be made credible for the next time you got to put somebody over. I mean, and that's just how it works. But you know, I mean, you go on the internet and people tell you that fifty-fifty booking is some some horrible thing. And, you know. No, I agree with you. And Adam, Cole, one thing that helps Adam Cole, much like Jericho back in WWE days, Adam Cole's over enough that people don't care. It helps. Well, yeah. And what's the other thing is, and because if you work heel, particularly in WWE, if you work, if you work heel and you you're going to house, you lose a whole lot of house show matches. 
Like, if you work in heel in WWE, you lose a ton of house show matches. Because, you know, because because they always in the main event, they always want to, most of the time, they want the baby face to go over and send the crowd in the match. So, you know, if you, you know, so, yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon. Because, like, because I'm, I'm looking up just some records, and, like, if you look up, like, Alexa Blick, like, she has one of the, like, just a just horrendous one-loss record. And that's because she's working heel most of the time. And, you know, you go on all those house shows and you get beat a lot. <laughs> and, yeah. Especially if you're not the champion. Yeah. And, and, okay. So I got one more question for you guys. We can kind of make this a quick hit topic and we're going to get on out of here. Payback is this weekend. There's no need in even previewing the card because we know three damn matches. So... <laughs> We know Bailey and Sasha versus as Kaiju Kyle Big Battle. Yes. I shout love out, it. Shout out to the homie Rob Daniels, Rab Ropes for that name. That is the perfect tag team name for them. Uh, <laughs> tag team, those for the women's tag titles. We know we got um, Keith Lee and, and Randy Orton. And we know we got um, the triple threat, no host barred match, uh, Roman, Fiend, and Braun. I might as well ask you the U.S. title, um, Cruz and Lashley also. Oh, was that announced? Even if it yeah. wasn't, it's you, you can pretty much guarantee that's it. So, good point. Yes. Um, that time was coming to the hurt business. But Yeah, it is. Um, let's get out of here real quick. I'm not even going to ask you about the other three matches. Roman, Roman uh, Fiend, Braun. I'm going to go around the horn. I'm going to start with you, Carl. Does Roman win the title Sunday? <laughs> My, everything tells me yes. I think it would be Really, really ridiculous to have him come back in this manner in the way he's doing it and then just not win. I'll put it this way. If he doesn't win, I'll be shocked. But for sure, he's not eating a pinfall. That will be someone else. But I do. Yeah, he's winning. He's got to win. Rob? All right. Ron's taking the pin. Now, look, Roman absolutely should win. The only fear is that there's the same fear that us Roman Reigns fans always have is that they're going to get cold feet and that they're going to kowtow to the nerds. Okay. And which they have been doing through Roman's entire run at, in this position is they always, they get, they, they, they kowtow to the nerds and I'm saying it loud. So if y'all want to come at me, I'm not hard to find. The beauty okay. of that is, though, the nerds aren't in the crowd right now. They are, if you want to count this screen thing, but that's an easy mute. Hit the mute button on those motherfuckers. Like this, I mean, for real, like you can get away with it right now, I think. But yes, I, I, understand, I still understand your point. Sorry, so, let me so, interrupt. So, to your point, are you saying Roman is winning? He shouldn't win. I, look, I don't believe, look, I've been burning more times. I don't, I don't believe Roman's going to win until he actually does. I, I respect okay. that. I understand that thought process and feel the same way. <laughs> Kyle, is Roman winning? Um, I'm a Bray Wyatt mark, and they literally just gave him the fucking belt, so I hope not. That's but, the reason why... Yeah, I'm sorry, please, finish. Um, but I mean, you know, hot shot booking, so probably. That's the reason why I don't think he's winning. Is because you easily could have gotten just gave him the belt, right? And you could have got out of that match by having Roman just and just interrupt the match, destroy him, and literally wreck everything and leave. And there's no contest at the end of it, and then have the finish at payback. But the fact that the Fiend won, 
makes me think that they're saving Roman Fiend for some Hell in Cells coming up. So we got to run that. Like they're saving, they feel like they're saving that for that. Um, but yeah, I think one thing all four of us can consensusly agree on is Braun is eating that pin. Oh yeah, yeah, he's got to eat. The oh pin yeah, sure. <laughs> this is this is their way of uh, easing him out of his emergency position. His emergency ascension to the main event. Yeah, like, hey, buddy, we needed you to Which occupy is fine. this. We needed you to occupy this spot for a hot minute, but the big kids are back, so... Uh, hey, I mean, he got four and a half months with the damn title. I hey, mean, that's yeah, it's a respectable reign. And he'll, he'll win it again, and he'll be, he'll be elevated sure. again when, it's, when it's necessary. But yeah, right now... Okay, Rob, tell them where they can find you, bro. All right, R-B-O-N-N-E-1. And that's for all you nerds who don't like me calling these names. Come on, bro. Bullying <laughs> is not cool, Rob. You're a dad. You know better. <laughs> okay, bring it on. I'm okay. I'm not a hard to find. Bring it on. I we're we're not a soundboard show, but I wish I had one so I could do the Gallows and Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> nerd. 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 Um, the only person who was picked on as a child, like Jesus, <laughs> Carl. Uh, you can all the geeks can find me at Outsider Curvin K E R V I N on Twitter, and I'm I really like Rob. This this, this is my guy here. I'm, I've decided. So I'll fight. I'll help you with the battles, buddy. No worries. Oh man. Well, look. What we're gonna do is anything negatively said on the show. I know normally we have we have our outro that Kyle's gonna finish do at the end. <laughs> but let everybody know that anything that was said next week you didn't like, just attribute it to Carl because he won't get in trouble because he's white. That's right. That is true. That's <laughs> why I gladly accept that position. Let's go. <laughs> I I am at It's Ray Cash, R E Y is a Mysterio, C A S H as in dollars. Of course, the show's at Outsiders Edge CS. Look, Outsiders at Outsiders Edge. Um, I will buy you an It's Vader Time hat that I'll send from. Arkansas somewhere. <laughs> and um, Black Lives Matter. Especially yes, right do. now. Yes, um, they do. Arrest yeah. um, motherfuckers that killed Dr. Breonna Taylor. Taylor. And to and arrest motherfuckers that killed Jacob Blake. So you, sir. Kill Jacob Blake. He's paralyzed. He's they paralyzed. tried to. Let's right, be honest. Bad. But arrest right. the motherfuckers that shot his ass and yeah. Definitely convict the motherfucker who was vigilanteing in the streets. Fuck that dude. Yeah. I'm at Dr. Hey, um, and just remember, y'all, we here at the Outsider's Edge are some not-so-young men out here doing what we can to make it in this world. And sometimes we're going to piss you off by reminding you that Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley should not have been number <laughs> one in the 500. Top five, top ten, sure. Number one, no. Other time, we're just going to hit you with some of that good shit talking about, you know, daily dose straps. But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams. And, like, you got to respect that. Because, like, if you don't, well, we sure don't give a fuck. Fuck Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Maybe with Carl, maybe not. (laughs) Probably not. Like, yeah, that's facts.